Hi everyone, welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the swearing episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break it down so that you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Hello! And we are already getting kind of chompy to commentate on this episode. Yes, we are. Right away, everyone, what we need to do is instead of talking about the episode, we just need to hit record in the next episode or else we're going to record or we're going to do the episode without hitting record. So yeah, this is what we want to do anyways. (laughs) Whether we were recording a Music Life Church podcast breakdown of the previous episode, we would have the conversation we're going to have right now. No matter what. It's just who we are. It's just what we do. It is. It really is. So in What the Flock, we covered swearing. And um, I I just thought it was really, it's a really interesting topic. So PJ, would you give us like a, you know, you know, the background of why you chose the history that you chose for the topic? Because you, we basically talked about the difference between swearing and quote swear words. Right. The the reason I went the route we did is because I was, again, it's all filtered through how have people been hurt by church? And and I do know the, the biblical origin of a swear isn't like what we call a swear word today. A swear would be like making an oath or a vow. Lord, I swear to you that I will right. do or this. Like we today, we may know this more known as a promise. Mm-hmm. I, where what's Jesus' response to that is let your yes be yes and your no be no. Love that. You don't have to say what you're going to do. Just do it. <laughs> I love right? that. Oh, I love that. It's so clean. But in our culture, when yeah. we talk about swear words now or swearing now, we don't think of it, or most people don't think of it as making a promise or a vow. Um, so the route we went today, again, is like how have people been hurt by church? And... What I've seen is there is this prim and proper. So the history is really going to the prim and proper Christian. This perspective of what does a Christian look like? What's your experience with a Christian? Someone who doesn't drink, smoke, or swear. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's all focused on appearance. And unfortunately, it shows the description of a Christian is a list of a bunch of knots. They don't do these things. Mm-hmm. What does a Christian do? So that's why swearing's just one topic that I think I've seen people get hurt by. And what I really enjoyed about it is this episode went deeper to really what it ended up getting down to is how do we use words in general? Exactly. Yeah, and and that was one of the things that I noticed is really the when we promise or we make a vow or even swearing in and of itself is trying to show the weight of our words like that they carry some sort of meaning and power and like weight w-e-i-g-h-t like the heaviness of it so i'm when i say so back to your point about your yes being yes and your no being no if I believe that my yes is yes, then I don't need to promise that I'm going to do it. Right. I believe, like you were saying in the episode, in the power of my words if I state that. If I state yes, then I'm going to do yes. Then it's going to mean yes. 
And I think also it, it goes back to what my reputation is with the people I'm interacting with. Why do I need to promise you something? Mm. Like I need to emphasize, you know what, Jonathan, this thing that I said I'm going to do, I promise. I promise I'll pay you back that $20 within the next week. I swear it. Why do I need to say that? Is it because you don't really trust that I'm going to? So I need to, sh basically me saying I swear is like me saying I mean it this time. We're like, am I actually implying that if I didn't swear or if I didn't promise that I might not do it, that you shouldn't take my word seriously? Wow. So who's that promise benefiting? Nice. That's awesome. So, yeah, so the, the prim and proper perspective, this strict perspective, is you use the, the passage, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but such as good for building up, as it fits, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Honestly, what I'm noticing right now is, as fits the occasion. That's great. So the verse is amazing, right? Yeah. And, and of course, it is in the Word of God. But just like with swear words, what the words say don't mean as much as what they mean. So where this verse could just, if it's used in the right way, it could just as easily be used to defend yourself against a person who's using this verse against you. While Ephesians 4.29 says, you shouldn't have any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. I could respond by saying, yeah, Ephesians 4.29 says the communication I use ought to build you up. We're on different sides arguing the same verse. Well, and the whole thing is, too, is that is, uh, are you using that verse to build me up? Oh, yeah. Or to prove me wrong. Right. Or yeah. to tear down yeah. what it is that I'm doing so that I stop doing something. Nice. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like within the argument, that there's a contradiction with someone. So like we always say before, there... That is an example of exposing the limitation. Right. So there's someone using this verse to, to stop you from doing something. How you defend yourself against people who are, who are on the strict side is they're coming at you with a limitation. They're coming at you trying to put a limitation on you. And there's the contradiction in that verse that they're stating that they are not trying to build you up. They're trying to tear you down or stop you from doing something. Right. So, and it actually is an example too of how these corrupt words can happen without using a quote unquote swear word. Are they being corrupt and destructive with their words, even using the scriptures? Just like Satan. Satan did. in the, in the, in the, in the desert, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, wait a minute. Are you saying the only time you're ever destructive with your words is with the swear word? Mm. It's like, oh, actually, the majority of the times I'm destructive, I'm not using a swear word. I'm using other words, and my meaning behind those words or my intent behind them is to tear a person down. So the swear word, so it's a great example of how, wait, it, it really matters what your intent is behind these words, not what the word is. Because you're using a Bible verse to shut my mouth. You're using a Bible verse to get me to stop talking. Right. Without, and, and in judgment too, without giving me any room to explain my intentions. 
Oh man, that's awesome. So our defense strategy is essentially um, we're exposing someone. So if anyone is operating according to appearance, if anyone's been hurt by someone who has been trying to maintain appearance, that is the Pharisee mentality. Right. So the defense strategy gets to this point of trying to understand or ask a question that that exposes that appearance by getting down to what's this mean though? Like who did like the question right. who deemed these as swear words gets down to the origin of the word or the meaning behind the word, which is deeper than appearance. So these defense strategies go away from the what level, past the what level, past the appearance, and into the root of the issue, which is the the reason for using these words and the intent behind it. Awesome. So then we got a call from Pastor Tater. Yeah, that was good. That was a, a good perspective on his side. He even asked a question. I don't know if I don't know if our podcast is uh, helping his thought process, but he is asking us questions. Yeah, maybe maybe his thought process is maybe he's a slow grower and uh, his uh, yeah. The question was great because it he comes from this side where the things he's saying most of the time seem to be factual. Mm-hmm. And he does he throw a flare at us again like this? Can a good tree produce bad fruit? Question is a great question, but my answer to him essentially used that same question to show that he is being judgmental mm. in everything he said before mm. that question. It's like if you swear, you're proving you're not a follower of Christ. Okay, so you are immediately projecting and judging the meaning behind the words I'm using. Right. And your question proved it further because you're 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 essentially saying a swear word is bad fruit. So it must be a bad tree. And it's like, wait a minute. We're immediately judging this is bad fruit. Do we know it's bad fruit? Yeah. Okay, so Pastor Tater uses this verse to prove that Jesus wasn't following that Peter wasn't no, that following Peter, Christ. Yeah, yeah, that Peter wasn't following Christ. Is that why Peter did it? Yeah, that would have been Peter's point, right? Mm-hmm. Is he doesn't want to be, he's 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 in this situation where this is the denial of Christ. And people are like, Peter, like, aren't you a guy who's like following this Jesus guy that's like on his way to die right now? And he was doing everything he could to not be lumped in with the disciples of Christ. So he did swear and curse in order to separate himself from this people. Hmm. So Pastor Tater does a good job identifying there is a situation in the Bible where a person swearing was used to separate him from being a follower of Christ. But is that making... Is swearing the cause behind me not being a follower of Christ? Or does that mean I could never swear and still be a follower of Christ? Right, because Peter was denying Christ before he started swearing. Yeah. This was twice. This was good. number this was number three. Right. And this is like I'm really bleeping don't yeah. you know bleep you. So what, he did yeah, deny yeah. Christ without swearing before this. That's that was a 
So there's a, that would be a contradiction. Yeah. So you don't you're not denying Christ if you swear because Peter did. Peter was denying Christ twice before he swore. Right. So it, it's not the cause of him denying Christ. It was one of the methods he chose to use in his multiple of methods mm. of denying Christ. That's awesome. So then all the way on the other side of the conjunctive. So we covered the limitation side of the conjunctive. Pastor Tater called, and then we went all the way to the freedom side of the conjunctive. Yeah, sticks and stones, man. Sticks and stones. <laughs> and people are using, I can say whatever I want, and they're putting a burden on you to be able to handle whatever it is that you want. Right. So now I'm lacking faith or strength because of the words you are saying you're not being careful or caring at all. You're putting that burden on me right. to bear your words. So, yeah, that's wow. the this loose side seems like, hey, let's all just get along and be able to say what we want to say. The speak your truth thing. It's all rationalized away, but it but this is how people are really being hurt. I think in this context, this topic. I think we're seeing more people being hurt on the loose side than we are on the strict. I think a lot of the topics we've covered, we're seeing most of the damage in the church is happening through the strict side hmm. with this judging people based on these things. But I think in this topic, we're seeing most of the damage is happening through people having no limitation at all, being willy-nilly with the words they're using, and then putting the burden on the other people to bear the pain of the words they're using. Yeah, man. So that's when you, instead of directly going at these people, because these people who are on that freedom side of the conjunctive are going to fight you for their freedom. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. as soon as you start to put a limitation on them, then they, or if you say, or if you directly confront it, they're going to lash out. Right. They have a very... They've been hurt by the church oftentimes. Yep. And so they are, they went to the complete opposite side. I want to drink. I want to smoke. I want to swear. And I don't care what you say. In yep. fact, you being more prim and proper is giving me more ammunition to be not a Pharisee. So they feel justified. Like I'm not a Pharisee. See how not of a Pharisee I am. Right. And I still love Jesus. <laughs> right. So you can't tell me I don't love Jesus, even though I, I do drink, smoke, and swear. So I'll do it more to prove my point. Yeah. And so instead of going logical, strictly from a logical perspective and arguing, that's where you drop the unconscious confrontation. Right. So the I, I really love the, the flipping it on them with the, would you be okay if I talk to you the way you're talking to me? And what that really does is... The, the problem in this scenario is mm -hmm. the person was possibly damaged in the strict side, mm -hmm. went all the way to the loose side. And what are they doing? They're really doing the same thing to me that was done to them. They're damaging me with their words. Ooh. So it's like, oh, because something unjust happened to me, now I have every right to be unjust to other people. And what this question does is it really confronts that. Where it's almost like saying to the person, you know, I get you're, I get you're frustrated at how you've been hurt. 
and I get your strategy has been to separate yourself away from the people who've hurt you. But do you realize what your behavior is right now is the same as the behavior that the people who hurt you did to you? And now you're doing that to me. Wow. That's really what is going on in that one question of me saying, would you be okay if I talked to you the way you're talking to me? All of that is implied and behind that question. Man, and you're going past the swear word to the intentions into or into the behavior of the person. Yeah, the way they're talking. The, their method right. of speaking. The question isn't, would you be okay if I used the words you're using? It was the way you're talking to me. And that, so it does, it gets back to deeper than the what. That's awesome. So then we did the so then we did our our categories. Can you break those down for us? All right, so we have on? the three categories. We we in these podcasts we talk directly about how those are measured based on self esteem. And it's the low self esteem person who uses swearing like for for humor. Not that it can't be used for humor, but in these cases it's because a person doesn't really know how to be funny, so they swear in, in order to be funny. And it's also the people, and the one I really related to is like, you know, the the young eight or nine-year-old boy who says the F word or something because I've heard my dad say it, so it makes me feel grown up. Or mm-hmm. maybe the teenage boys who are swearing around each other because it makes us look cool. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for those people because mm-hmm. the meaning behind those words like that that doesn't make you look cool at least from my perspective i don't i don't think that makes you look cool those words in and of themselves so the mid self esteem person would be the person who i understand why they're swearing and and this would be i'm using a swear word as like an exclamation point and for me this would be a person who still has to have some awareness of who they're talking to mm-hmm. where what we're getting at here with the mid self-esteem is the use of a swear word isn't hurting anybody. It may not be adding to the conversation or building the conversation, but the person they're swearing to, it emphasizes the word or the sentence they're saying, and it's not hurting the other person. So I'm using this at my punctuation. Right is not hurting anyone. Right. It's not at anyone's expense. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to say it. No one that no one's no one's cost. So then the the people we're impressed with, we mm-hmm. look up to are the high self-esteem people. Yeah. In this context with swearing, it's people who are using swear words to build someone else up. A lot of people may wonder who in the world is a person that would be built up by swearing. Well, I know one guy for sure. One of our close friends is a guy that we can swear around and it actually helps him feel connected. It helps him like, to your point, it helps him relax. Right. It's like, it's like this, oh, you said a swear word. It automatically puts me at ease because I'm sitting here thinking this person's being real with me. They're not holding anything back. And that's what I, that's a benefit to me. That's not a benefit to everybody. No. So it is, I have to know who I'm interacting with. And what builds them up in order for this to happen. So even if my intention is to build the person up, but I don't know the person, there's still a really good chance that I'm not building them up. So the implication here is these people in a high self-esteem know the people they're interacting with 
at their uniqueness level and who they are. Mm -hmm. So when they swear around these people, they would know based on this specific person's uniqueness, they see this as a benefit for whatever reason, which then gets to this, you know, what we call the ultimate answer is always guided by this conjunctive and it's always resulting in love. And that high self-esteem answer is always kind of foreshadowing it, right? Yeah. So I can swear as much as it wasn't that fun. I can swear as much as I want. Oh yeah, that's that's wild. It's it's always wild hearing those swear as much, much as, you, as want. you want. Yeah. Huh? Yep. Yep. Sometimes those freedoms feel good. Sometimes they feel a little uncomfortable. But this one, swear as much as you want, as long as it's for the other person's benefit. Yeah. And if I do that, it's in a conjunctive, so it's going to be truth, and it's going to be love. It's going to result in giving. And so, I think that we have an example of that because when Music of Life Church Appleton was starting, we did ads, we did promo videos on Facebook. With the F word bleeped. Right. Bleeped. Yeah, we bleeped it. Now, so there's an implication of a swear word. You right. don't hear the swear word. Right. But there is an implication. And the whole reason behind that was because we're, we want to create a safe place for people who've been hurt by church. By the prim and proper perspective right. people. And there's a lot of people that I believe are thinking that word when they, especially when, when you're driving behind the wheel Oh yeah. and you're behind the wheel and someone cuts you off. It's like, ah, for exclamation word, exclamation yeah, word. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it just, it just flies, yeah. you know? Um, but there was, there were so many people who I met who were edified by that promo right yeah it drew it drew the people you wanted to draw in exactly yeah, it really did draw them in right because it was do you love jesus and do you love saying this expletive yeah and the answer is is that well if you love jesus but you don't love saying this expletive then the, our church is not for you right and that was this great point you guys made in that ad too where it wasn't we're a safe place for you to swear as much as you want it was, we're a safe place for you to share what you're really thinking. And it's going deeper. It's going deeper yeah. than that. So when someone is coming into Music of Life Church, either place, and they're at, at our churches, and they're dropping F-bombs like crazy, I want people to hear that, that we feel bad for them. Right. Because they don't have other words to choose from, or they're trying to get affirmation like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Versus... Is that is that word always for everyone's benefit? No. Right. So these different levels of, of self-esteem, again, we talk about how we feel bad for these people. We understand these people mm -hmm. and we're impressed with these people. We're not judging anybody in any of the self-esteem areas. We're using these levels of self-esteem to instruct us in the best way we can minister to these people in these specific areas. That's so good. So it is when I see someone swearing, it's not, oh, they have a low self-esteem. It's like, no, oh, you know what? They sound like they have a low self-esteem. So now I know how to love that person. Yeah, they're swearing because they're looking for affirmation. Right. So is there as a leader to help someone who's been hurt 
as a leader, can you look for something that you can affirm right. that's good? And as a result of affirming them in something that's good, they're going to actually swear less. Yeah, right. Or if you teach them how to be funny, which we do. Right. We've taught people how to be funny. Right. So it is, it, it's cool because you'd think uh, affirming them would cause them to swear more. And giving them this attention they're looking for would cause them to swear more, but it causes them to swear less when they're affirmed for a cause. Where the thing, you covered this, really, you want to know the strategy to get these people to swear more? Tell them not to swear. Tell them they're wrong and bad for swearing. Not only will they not come into your church, but they're going to swear more now to prove they're not like your church. Yeah. That's been the issue. I don't, I want to follow Christ, but I don't want to be lumped in with these church people because they're damaging me. Yeah. So towards the end of the of what the flock, we started talking about Pastor Dick's call. Right. I love the way you ended it because you brought back and it made Pastor Dick's call it brought it to a whole nother level. So what would we, based on what we know about Pastor Dick, how would we use this ultimate answer? Awesome. How would we apply the conjunctive in our communication with him. And the answer was, you know, because the, what's the conjunctive answer? Swear as much as you want, as long as it's for the other person's benefit. Right. Well, Pastor Tater essentially shared with us, he doesn't see a benefit in swearing. So what's that mean when I communicate with him in the context of swearing? I don't swear. Right. Because it wouldn't be for his benefit. Right. So that's how that would work with Pastor Tater. Awesome. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, man. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.